It's Monday, June the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Greens surge in France and an American pioneer files for bankruptcy. First, the world in brief. French voters cast ballots in the delayed second round of municipal elections. They delivered a rebuke to La Republique en March, the party of President Emmanuel Macron. Early results suggest that LREM will fail to take a single big city. The Green Party is enjoying a surge in support. Anne Hidalgo, Paris's socialist mayor, looks likely to hold her majority. Over in Poland, a presidential election looks set for a second round. Exit polls suggest Andrzej Duda, the incumbent backed by the populist Law and Justice Party, failed to breach 50% of the vote. He will probably face Rafał Trzaskowski, a liberal. Mikhail Martin today starts work as Ireland's new Prime Minister. Mr Martin will head a coalition that brings together his Fine Fáil party and its rival Fine Gael, the heirs of the warring sides in the country's civil war nearly a century ago. They are joined by the Green Party in a three-way deal that excludes Sinn Féin, a left-wing party tainted by links to terrorism. Malawi's Electoral Commission declared Lazarus Chikwera, the country's opposition leader, winner of a rerun presidential election, an unexpected triumph for African democracy. Mr Chikwera defeated the incumbent Peter Mudrika with over 58% of the vote. Malawian judges had ordered a rerun of last year's elections, which Mr Mudrika purportedly won after widespread fraud was detected. Global confirmed cases of COVID-19 exceeded 10 million. The disease has killed more than 500,000. The actual figures are likely to be much higher. The current hotspots for new infections include Brazil, India, Mexico and much of America's Sun Belt. Florida and Texas are reversing conditions of their reopening, hoping at least to rein in the acceleration of the disease. The New York Times reported that American intelligence had warned that Russian agents offered a bounty on American troops killed in Afghanistan. Russia denied the claim and Donald Trump tweeted that he had been deemed not credible. Mr Trump also said he had never been briefed on the assessment, which was brought to the White House as early as January. Chesapeake Energy, among the biggest of America's shale fracking pioneers, filed for bankruptcy protection. By 2017, it had helped turn the country from an importer of natural gas to an exporter. Subsequently, it staggered under the weight of an oil glut and ambitious debt, some $9.5 billion going into 2020. It lost $8.3 billion in the first quarter. And the Federal Aviation Administration will reportedly start test flights for the recertification of the Boeing 737 MAX airliner this week. The troubled aircraft was grounded by regulators around the world last year after two crashed, killing 346 people. Given the collapse in demand for air travel, some analysts wonder whether airlines will still want them when they are recertified. And now, here's today's agenda. Chips off the old block. American export controls. A new set of American export controls comes into force today, designed to keep advanced technology out of the hands of China's armed forces. The rules, drawn up by America's Department of Commerce, treat exports bound for Chinese military end use with the same high level of licensing requirements that already applies to exports to Russia or Venezuela. They also expand the definition of military use to include civilian companies that provide services to military forces, and broaden the categories of technology to which the rules apply. The primary focus is on keeping advanced semiconductors out of the hands of military users in China. 
These are particularly hard to control, as their civilian versions are usually at least as advanced, if not more, than military ones. The changes seek to deal with this issue. They are likely to further curtail the supply of chips to Huawei and other Chinese tech companies that purportedly supply the Chinese military. Setting a new Corsia Airlines in the environment The pandemic has hit airlines hard. Their revenues will probably fall by half this year. Debt will balloon. The coronavirus has also created a problem for the industry's offsetting scheme, known as Corsia. This requires airlines to offset additional carbon emissions above a baseline calculated by taking their average emissions in 2019 and 2020. But airline emissions have plummeted this year, and so the 2020 figure will be much lower than expected. That may mean more offsetting and higher costs for an industry already on its knees. This week, the International Civil Aviation Organization, an international regulator, will decide what to do. Further defanging a largely toothless environmental scheme would not be a wise move. Corsia already has negligible environmental benefits. One recent study found that 80% of its offsets were unlikely to lead to any emissions reductions. Changing the baseline would mean even fewer of the effective offsets being bought. No exit from Brexit. UK-EU trade talks recommence. Trade talks between Britain and the European Union resume today. The plan is to intensify and speed up the negotiations, some of which will happen this week in person in Brussels. Despite some recent optimistic briefings from both sides, the gaps between them remain formidably large. The British government insists it will never concede to EU demands that it adhere to level playing field conditions on social, environmental and labour policies and state subsidies, allow full access to Britain's fishery waters and accept a continuing role for the European Court of Justice. This week also marks the deadline for an agreement to extend the current transition period beyond December 31st. Britain rejects this idea too. A basic agreement might yet be struck in the autumn, but the risk of there being no trade deal in place on January 1st, meaning reverting to normal World Trade Organization rules, remains high. Innovation that doesn't excite. Nissan's AGM. The annual meeting of Nissan's shareholders will be a glum affair. The star of a global alliance with Renault, a French car maker, and Mitsubishi, another Japanese one, reported its first loss since the financial crisis in the year to the end of March, and COVID-19 will hit sales in 2020. The firm will try to convince investors of a transformation plan that will leave behind the legacy of Carlos Ghosn, its former chief executive, who fled bail while awaiting trial for fraud in December. Under him, chasing volumes led to big discounts, too few new products, a damaged reputation and falling revenues. Nissan plans to raise profits by cutting capacity, slashing fixed costs and bringing out new models. And within its alliance, Nissan will focus on its strongest product areas and regional markets. That may help to heal a fractious alliance for now, but the main issue, cross-shareholdings that disfavour Nissan, the strongest member, will be tougher to resolve. River of the Damned Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam Africa's largest and most controversial hydroelectric power project is on the agenda at today's meeting of the UN Security Council. The discussions, which were requested by both Egypt and Sudan, come as Ethiopia prepares to begin filling the dam's vast reservoir next month. Egypt, which relies on the Nile for nearly all its water, fears the project upstream will drastically reduce its supply. Sudan, which officially supports the dam, nonetheless frets about accidental flooding downstream. It has warned Ethiopia not to begin filling the dam before a comprehensive agreement has been reached. 
Talks which have ground on almost continuously since Ethiopia began construction in 2011 seem to have come to naught until a meeting convened by the African Union on June 26th revived hopes for a last-minute deal. Both Ethiopia and Egypt claim the matter is an existential one. If negotiations fail again, expect tensions in the region to worsen dramatically. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Antoine Dussaint d'Exupéry, who was born on this date in 1900. A rock pile ceases to be a rock pile the moment a single man contemplates it, bearing within him the image of a cathedral. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 